Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Now today is the second part of the messages I gave last week. And I text a lot of you and let you know that uh, we are, it was online. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to uh, look at it, you can. But I'm going to continue from as if you did listen to the message last week. This is part two. Uh, last week, we were actually talking about you should. You should avoid things that God doesn't want us to be in, involved with the stress. Oh, he doesn't want us to be involved in stress. And we gave four reasons of why we shouldn't stress out, whether we, how we shouldn't uh, you'd be anxious and, and worried uh, and di- dis- discouraged. We, talk, we, we said there was four things we need to make sure we overcome. And so uh, I, I went through those uh, on, on, on the tape last week. I did do that. But we're not talking about what we should do. And uh, just for those who maybe maybe uh, online that didn't uh, see uh, the service, uh, we said we need to be salt and light. That's what we need to be. We need to be salt, salt and light to a world out there. We need also uh, to be able to testify, as the song said, testify the goodness of God. We need to be able to do that. And the only way we can do that is if we, if we can bring glory to God in ways that the unsaved or not yet saved, they can't do uh, because we have, regardless of what our situation is, we have uh, someone to help us through these uh, situations uh, uh, that stress wants to come, anxiety wants to come, discouragement wants to come, but we said no. We're not going to receive that uh, because we know that we should be able to uh, testify of how God brought us through these things that others would say, uh, you know, uh, that, that really threw me for a loop when our company closed and uh, everybody lost their job. We didn't have any way to make it except for uh, what the government would give us. And and they asked how we make it, and we can testify the goodness of God, what he had done. Because God does so many different things uh, that, that it's not just one thing he does. Um, he can rain down manna from heaven. Yes, he can. Uh, but he can use any kind of way he wants to use. God is, is not uh, limited to what we can think of. We said that also it can cause mental problems to us. Uh, health problems. It can cause all kind of problems when we uh, don't overcome. So we really need to overcome. And then the last thing I said that uh, is sin. And I saved that the last uh, because it was uh, it's, a, it's a shocking thing to know that if you worry, you're in sin. Uh, so today, we're not talking about what we need to do. We're talking about actually how. How do we overcome? How do we overcome? Yes, I know I need to. Yes, I know that, 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 that it's sin if I 
I get worried about things. I, I, I know what I, I need to do, but how do I do it? Because it comes, and I'm so used to uh, these things that I got somebody got to help me with how do I overcome. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we really overcome? How does really God, how has he given us in his word what he says, this is how you overcome. This is how you overcome. And so that's what we want to talk about today. And we'll, we'll be in uh, two places in scripture uh, today. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Let's start in verse 4. We have about five things we want to uh, go through today on how God expects us to do that. Five things. We're going we're gonna to start in verse 6 and come back to 4. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Let me uh, go to the classic Amplified, and it says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Anything. So, the New American Standard said, Be careful for nothing. Be anxious about nothing. And King James said, Be careful for nothing. And here it says, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, anything, anything. Let me finish reading this scripture. But in everything, every circumstance, I'm reading on Amplified, and every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition, by petition it means, uh, definite request. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants to be known to God. I'm going back to the Amplified. Now, the first thing, number one, how do I overcome? First thing I want to know from God is, and how he says that I want you to pray. I want you to pray. That's the that's the very first thing is pray. You see that the, the whole um, series is on increasing our faith in God. And it's no way, I mean no way, that we can overcome these things, no way we can defeat stress, anxiety, worry, discouragement, depression, in it, in it, in it, in it, in it. they even want to put on, on those things that come to our mind that the enemy, enemy tries to throw at us if we don't have faith in God. You got to have faith in God. You have to have faith in God. 
And so, number one, God's saying, I want you to, I want you to pray. That's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want to hear your voice. We're in this thing together. If God tells us to pray, why would we not pray? Really? If your children wanted to always be in your will and be able to handle situations, and you tell them, I want you to trust in me, daughter, son. I want you to trust in me. So whatever's bothering you in school, whatever's bothering you anywhere, I want you to trust me. So I want you to come to me and tell me about it. Now handle it. That's what God is telling us. He's telling us that the very first thing that you do is you come to me. Now, when we think of that now, coming to him, Nobody wants to come to anybody who doesn't have an answer. Is that correct? Yeah. If I come to you with my problems, if I come to you with things that bother me, then obviously I expect you to be able to help me. I'm not into just venting. I'm not into just uh, someone saying, come to me and talk to me. I'll listen to you. I'm a good listener. I'll listen to you. It'll be like going to a psychiatrist. I'll listen. I'll say, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I don't need that. I need answers. That's what I need. I need answers. And see, God tells me that I want you to come to me, and he doesn't say, I'll listen, but you know, I don't have any answers, but you'll feel better when you leave. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not where uh, God is, is it? He's not there. And we don't want God to be there. We want God to be uh, in a place where he listens and then he gives us answers. And I trust him, but I don't trust him like I want to trust him. If I trust him like I should trust him, I wouldn't have any anxiety. I wouldn't have any worry. I wouldn't have any discouragement. I wouldn't because I know that my God, he hears me and he has all the answers and he loves me and he's going to answer me. And we have to have that type of confidence in God when he tells us, I don't want you to be in stress, anxious, discouraged, fretful, I don't want you to be that way. About anything, I want you to come to me and tell me what's going on. That is encouraging to me. That's encouraging to me. 
It's, it's encouraging to me because I know that, let's be honest now, what is it that God can't do? Be, let's be honest now. I mean, you might have read something that he just can't do. I mean, he tried, but he couldn't do it. Is it anything? Nothing. 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 So if you are single today and want to get married, you say, there's no need to bring this to the Lord because, you see, there are no men around my neighborhood. There are no uh, eligible people around uh, the city I'm in. I'm, I'm from a small city. I'm from a, from a small church. I'm from a, you know, I'm from a, you know, just, I've, I've exhausted everything. I put a sign out there, you know, available, you know. <laughs> I've been on the Internet. Oh, yeah, I, I was on this site, you know. It just, it just didn't work for me. I, I was in college for four years. Nobody. God must not love me. Well, you know he does. He must not want me to get married. Yes, he does. Because he would not have said, you know, uh, to people. Why would he give the first man, the first woman, uh, uh, he, he gave, <laughs> gave Adam Eve, you know, and they were man and woman. Is that correct? He gave him, gave him, gave him a wife. And he says, okay, be fruitful and multiply. How can you multiply if you don't have a mate? Legally. You know, in God's sight, what he wants. And you know he wants us to, to have children. He says, I want a godless seed. Did he say that? It's in scripture. I want a godless seed. So if he wants a godless seed, he doesn't want all Christians to be single. You say, well, he might want me to be single because it's in time. And he doesn't want me to have a child. And, and then uh, how am I going to bring him up? Because it's in time. It's going to... You know, things are getting so bad, he doesn't want me to have a child. No! Don't listen to the lies of Satan. He wants you to be married. And he has somebody that he is preparing just for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just for you. You say, well, um, if it's only one person for me, that person might be over in somewhere else. And we might not meet each other. Well, you know, there's more than one person for you because he told the widows that, the young widows, uh, get married. If your husband dies, get, get, get married. As long as it's in the, in the what? In the Lord. So it's more than one person for you. Now, I'm trying to help you now. I'm trying to help you. And you say, well, he's talking about me. Well, there are millions of people that can tune in to this message. And you say, well, you say, well, 
No, they can't. Who's going who's to tune into the Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia, and they don't even know it exists? There we go again, limiting God. You can't limit God. God can, can have somebody over in Egypt to tune into Cornerstone. He can do whatever he wants to do. What are you anxious over? How about your job? How about your business? How about your ministry? You know, what are you anxious over? I know you're anxious over something. I know you're concerned about something. And if you're not right now, just hold on. <laughs> just living in this world system. We're in situations where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen in this country. You don't know what's going to happen in the city. You don't know. We don't know anything. We can, we can live for today and hope for tomorrow, preparation for tomorrow, but we don't know. All we know is that we're going to trust God. So the first thing is that I'm going to let my request be known to God. That's what I'm going to do. Because I know I serve a God that... God says that there is nothing too hard for me. And l- let me give you another example of that. You, do you remember when he was, he came to Abram, he said, well, this time, this season next year, Sarah is going to have a child. And Sarah heard him. And she laughed in her heart to herself, you know, she laughed. But, of course, you can't laugh to yourself and God not hear it. And so she said, why, why, why did Sarah laugh? And, of course, she said, no, 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 I didn't laugh. I didn't. Yes, you laughed. Yes, you laughed. Then he, he made a statement. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Because after all, Abraham was 99. So he, he's talking about, well, how is a man 100 years old have a child? And so that makes her about 90. She was about 10 years younger or 9 years younger, something like that. And she had been barren all her life. Can this happen? And you say, well, that, that, that is not going to happen because science says it's not going to happen. Who cares about science when it comes to believing what God says? So, therefore, he can override science because everything he put into existence. So, therefore, if he says that you're going to get married, you'll get married. If he says you're going to have a child, you're going to have a child. Whatever he says is going to come to pass. So it's nothing too hard for the Lord. So therefore, I can come boldly to the throne of grace to, to receive mercy and grace to help in the time of need because I know that I serve a God that loves me because he loves you. He loves all of us because if he didn't, he wouldn't have died for us. But he loves us. He loves us.
That's number one. We're going to pray. And we're going to seek him. And we're going to believe for the best. And I, I tell you, God gave me this one out of the 13 things that we, uh, we have for this year uh, to cover because this is a key to everything. Everything. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. Without trusting in him, it's impossible to please him. Matter of fact, it's probably impossible to please us too if our children don't trust us. If they uh, say, what we're going to eat uh, this afternoon after, after church? And you say, well, we're going to have this right here. We're going to they say, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe you because uh, you, you might tell us something and it might not be true. No, no, you don't want your children saying that. You want them to trust you. What you say you're going to do, you're going to do. And so that's how God is. He, 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 he has never, never gone back on a promise. Never, ever gone back on a promise. You say, well, I know a time where he has said this and then he went back on it. No, he had already in existence what's going to happen if you didn't believe. So uh, don't say that because it's true. God is faithful. He is faithful. God is faithful. So therefore, let's go to number two. That was number one. Number two. We'll go back up to now number four. You remember we started uh, in six and we're going back to four now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's number two. Number one was pray. Seek God. Go to God. And it says in that same verse six with thanksgiving. But I separated them for this purpose to say rejoice. That's number two. Rejoice in the Lord always. Why do you think he said what he said in verse uh, four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Why would he, he would have to repeat that? Does he think we are hard of hearing? Or why would you think he would do that? And, and you, you think about that because he has a reason. There's nothing in the scriptures that's not a reason for. So I said, okay, God. It is important to rejoice. It's so important to rejoice that you said it again. I mean, you. I mean, it's all over the scripture, but you you didn't wait to uh, for us to go to Colossians or somewhere else to see it. You didn't. You didn't wait for us to go to the the psalm, which is a lot of psalms. They they're just singing your word and things like that. No, you wanted, wanted us to hear it right here. The Philippians, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. And that means it's important. It's important. And in, in, in the first one, you remember I told you that, you know, the first one was that we were supposed to go to him with our request and supplication. But then he tells us, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. 
How much do you, you, how much do you really appreciate your children or people, your co-workers, or someone who you do something for, but they never acknowledge you? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be very, very interesting and you probably wouldn't be sitting beside each other, Janie, if you gave Jesse something to say, Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. I know, you know, uh, you give me things like this, but I want you to know you are my Valentine. I love you, and, and I want to give you this. And he looks at her and walks off. Don't say anything. He wouldn't be sitting there right now, would he? <laughs> or you might not be sitting there with him, you know. You might be sitting over here. And any parent who has a child, you want, you want your children to be thankful, don't you? You want them to be thankful. God wants that too. So he says that part of not being stressful Part of not being in, in an anxiety, part of it is that you have to have a reason for rejoicing always. Not just sometimes. I want you to be rejoicing always. You say, I cannot rejoice always. We didn't even go to church last Sunday. We didn't go to church Sunday after that. How are you going to tell me to rejoice in that? Well, if you're not dead then he's not through with you. Isn't that what the word said on the song? Yeah. Then obviously you can rejoice that you are alive. Yeah, because some people didn't make it today. Yeah. So he says rejoice. I want you to, I want you to cultivate that. Cultivate rejoicing in me. Find a, a reason to rejoice. You don't have to look far. You just have to start meditating on all of the things that I've been so good to you. So good. That's number two. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And if we rejoice in the Lord, always, I'm going to tell you that you're going to cultivate that relationship in such a way that you know, that you know when you go to the Lord, he's going to answer you. And you say, well, I've been to him and he hasn't answered me everything. Well, there's a timing in the Lord also. There's a timing. So you're going to have to trust that he knows the timing. He knows it. Number three. Let's go to verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is of good report, whatever 
is of excellence. If there be any worthwhile praise, if there is anything that, that's good about it, I want you to dwell on those things. I, that's what I want you to do. Dwell on those things. That's number three. So number one, we're coming to the Lord with our petitions, our requests. We're coming to him because he is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing he can't do. So he wants us to come to him. To him. He, that's what he wants. He wants us, number two, uh, he, he wants us to rejoice in him always, always, because he is so good. And whatever we have need of when we come to him, we can still be rejoicing over what he's already done. And so he says that the third thing, what I want you to do is I want you to dwell on everything you can think of that's good. That's good. Everything you can think of is good. If a thought comes to your mind, that's a, a thought that's, oh, that's not scripture. Don't think on that. Don't dwell on that. Don't you dwell on that. Don't do that. Uh, you, you, the scripture says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what he says now in his word. He wants us to bring every thought because, see, Satan's going to send some thoughts. I, I guarantee you. He's going to send some thoughts. He's going to send some thoughts. And he says, bring it into captivity. I mean, you captivate that thought and you just throw it out because it's not of the Lord. It's not of the Lord. It's not the word and it's surely not good because the enemy doesn't want us to think of on anything that's good. He said, I want you to dwell on the good thing. The good thing. And now th th these are things that I'm working out that you're working out, I hope, and I want us to work together this year because it's important. I was telling um, a person in the congregation um, that uh, I went to the mailbox yesterday, and I didn't go, I think the day before, I didn't go on Thursday. Yeah, I didn't go on Thursday because I was going to go on Thursday when I came back from prayer, but we didn't have prayer. So I didn't go to the mailbox on Thursday. I went on Friday. That's what it was. I went on Friday. And it was a letter in my mailbox with no stamp on it. It was nothing up there but just the, the name, you know, my name. And I said, somebody done put this in my mailbox, and then come to the post assistant. I wonder what it is. And and the, the thought came to me. You probably know what the thought came to me. I got a Dear John letter. Um, a Dear John letter to me is not like from my wife or children or anything like that. A dear John letter for me because of uh, the circumstance of what I've been through 
these 23 years of being uh, the lead person here is that, or dear John is that, oh, no. It's probably from somebody who hadn't been in church telling me uh, they are in another church. That's probably what it is. I'm not going to open it. So I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. And you said, you said, well, why do you, why did you, why do you let thoughts like that come to your mind? I can ask you why you let thoughts come to your mind is not good thoughts, you know. Satan going to put thoughts there. Circumstances and what you've been through going to put things there. And so, Minerva told me, said, hey, somebody sent, uh, 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 gave you a letter. Did you open it? I said, no. I didn't open it. I didn't want to know what was in it. And I'm trying to master what I told you before is that I'm tired of trying to, I'm tired of trying to um, think about what this is, what that is. Who cares what it is? Uh, Just open it. It is what it is. That's what the people say. It is what it is, right? Okay. Well, what happened was that somebody had put uh, a gift card in our mailbox to us to go out on Valentine's Day. And I wouldn't have opened it. It'll still be not open. <laughs> if, it, if it weren't for Minerva, she opened it. And she said, hey, look, it's a gift card. It's a gift card. No, for $50. Hey, hey. And it's to a particular place, too. I said, woohoo! <laughs> and I'd already done the message. And I said, boy, I got to tell the congregation because I, I failed. But I want you to know my failures because I know that you have some. And I do know that I'm going to overcome. I know that. And I know that you are. But we have to do what God says to overcome. So I'm going to go with God, go to God with my request is number one. I'm going to, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to find a, re- a reason to rejoice. You know, um, I could rejoice over, you, we can rejoice over a lot of things. Come on. A lot of things we can rejoice up about, you know. And so I'm going to start dwelling on the good things, the positive things. And anything negative comes to this mind, I'm going to bring it captive and say, get behind me, Satan. No, no, no. No, no, no. And so I'll be looking for money in every envelope. <laughs> <laughs> number four out of five is number four the things we have learned that's in verse eight or nine verse nine let's look at it the things which you have learned that you have received 
and heard and seen in me, the Apostle Paul is saying, practice. The King James might say, do these things. He always gives us so many promises. He said, and the, and the God of peace will be with you. That's a promise. That is a promise. There, there are other promises there, of course, that I didn't read, but you, you can read it when you go through Philippians uh, chapter 4, and you can go uh, one on down uh, uh, like, like, like we're going. But I tell you, he got so many promises here, so many promises in these verses. He, he even said, you, you remember when I, when I said be anxious for nothing and, and to pray? Well, he says that, uh, and the peace, in verse 7, he said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I can say, okay, God, I'm going to let my request to you. It's not going to be another envelope. It's not going to be another something that somebody give me or not. It's going to be another, another anything call I get, and I'm going to think negative about it because I'm going to go to God, I'm going to go to you, I'm going to go to you, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let my request be known to you. And then you said, you promised, you promised in verse 7 that the peace, your peace, which surpasses anything that I can even comprehend, it's going to guard. God is like a, like, like a, if you go and try to uh, get into Fort Knox, if you try to go and try to, you know, get into the bank and, and, and wear your little, uh, mass if you want to, and <laughs> and, and it, it, I tell you, it, you know, a God is 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 going to keep something. It, it, it's it's not going to let you in if you're not supposed to be in. It says, "Will God your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus?" That's a promise. That's a promise. So there are promises in here. Uh, I'm just get telling you what to do. The, the five things to do. But there are promises that go along with that. And so I want these promises because he says that, that he's given us precious promises. That's what he says, that we may be partakers of his, what, divine nature. Woo! I tell you, God is so good. He, he treats us just like children, doesn't he? Aren't we his children? Yeah, we're his children. And, and what, what do you do with a little child? You tell a little child, okay, if, if, if you do that, you eat your greens now, uh, you get dessert. You don't eat your greens, you're not going to get no dessert. Uh, do you want to eat your greens? Yes, 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 I want to eat my greens. You know, because they want to do, they want to what? Dessert. And so, so God has given us divine promises that we may be partakers of his divine nature because God is not worried about anything. God is not anxious about anything. God is not depressed about anything. He's not discouraged about anything. He said, he's not encouraged because he can change everything. Well, he told us, if we pray, he said, we're going to receive things too. So he's given us promises. Okay, so, so he says that whatever things you have learned, whatever you have received, whatever you have heard, and whatever you have seen in me, Paul said, and we can say, Whatever I've seen, you know, in, in this word, what I, whatever I heard from the, from the pulpit, because it's going to be the word, what, whatever I have, have 
learn what I have received. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice these things. I'm going to practice, 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 practice. And anybody can tell you who, who um, has a, uh, any type of, uh, whether it be teachers or whether it be anybody else, if you get your children to practice, 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 they're going to learn something. They're going to learn something. Practice, practice. God's telling us practice, practice, practice. So we're going we're gonna to practice these things. Uh, that's number four, we're going to practice these things because these things going to cause us to overcome our weaknesses that cause us to get anxious, cause us to get um, discouraged, cause us to get stressed out. Cause us to say negative things because that's what we do sometimes. We say negative things, and God doesn't want us doing that, which is another uh, uh, series of another time. But he says that I want you to practice. I want you to practice. I want you to practice. The last thing, number five. We have five things now. What was the first one? Pray. Second one, rejoice in the Lord always. Three, dwell on good things, positive things, good things. Four, practice, 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 practice what you've read, learned, received. The last thing, number five, is I can do all things through, finish it for me, Christ has sent me. Let's go to verse 12 of Philippians. Let's, let's look there. And it says, now it's talking about here um, the financial situation that Paul was going through. Uh, and the Philippians didn't have uh, opportunity to minister to him. But they were ministering to him before. And they are ministering to him now. But he's saying that, I know, in verse 12, I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret to being filled and going hungry. Both of having Abundance and suffering need. Then he makes this classic statement. I can do all things through, through him who strengthens me. And you know he's talking about God. So that's number five. Because anything... That we go through. Anything. I don't care if it's a loss of job. I don't care if it's a loss of your best buddy. I don't care if it's if, if it's a loss of uh, you didn't do well on a test that you expected to do well on. I don't care what situation. A lot of times it, it's, uh, situations come up uh, with just between uh, two people. Um, sometimes you were, you're doing well. You know, having so much fun together, and everything was hunky-dory. And then, maybe a month, two months, three months, a year later, y'all not even friends any longer. 
something uh, separated you, whatever little thing it might have been, but it did. And, and sometimes it's a major thing might separate you. But regardless, uh, we go through a lot of different things in ministry, in, in, her, in, in relationships, in our finances, in our jobs. Think of the people who've lost jobs during this pandemic time. Think about the, the people who are in small businesses who uh, they didn't have a lot of money uh, from uh, other places because some people, uh, like uh, maybe some people might have a situation where they are, they own a business, but their business is part of a chain. And so uh, the chain helps them out. But if you're, if you're a small business owner, uh, you don't have any help. And some of them had to close. And they lost their, 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 their savings, their whole life savings they put in their business. It, a lot of things, people are going through a lot of different things now. So it's like it, it, I can do all things through Christ who sent to me or through him who sent to me. It's like, like uh, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. We know that's the word of God, don't we? But we know he used that in a lot of different areas. A lot of different areas. You see? So it's not just one area. You can be sowing your word, and what you sow, you're going to reap. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or who him who strengthens me can be used in all areas. All areas. It can be applied. That's, that's, that's what I like to tell people. It, it, it's therefore, in this particular verse, verses is here because of what Paul was going through with the Philippians, and, and he was trying to let them know that, that even though they are, they are help for him, helping him had started back over again because now they had Opportunity, whereas they didn't have opportunity. He didn't want them to think that, oh, you know, uh, he's happy now because my help for him has, has returned. He said, no, 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 no. I've learned how to get along with, with, with humble means when I didn't have nothing. You know, um, I've, uh, you know I can be, I know how to get, get along when I'm in prosperity. That, that's, not the, that's not the issue. The issue is that I've learned a secret here. This thing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. So it's not dependent upon you. I'm not looking for your, your, your money. I'm looking for, you know, what's going to come to your account because you're giving to the gospel. So we can use this and say, I don't care what I'm going through. I don't, I don't care about the, the you know, like, like um, uh, Sam. Uh, we need to be praying for Sam because, have you gotten a job yet, Sam? See, he doesn't have a job because his company... Uh, uh, sold to another company, and so all of them lost their job except for some of the drivers and things like that. But but I'm praying for them, and I want y'all to be praying for them and, and praying for people because because he has opportunity to get these thoughts from the enemy. Oh, you're not gonna get no job. Well, you're gonna be living on welfare. Yeah, you know, thoughts come. Thoughts come. You know? Oh, you're not going to get no husband. 
you're going you gonna to be an old man. Have you ever heard those thoughts before? I know some of you have. And, 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 and I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you some of you have heard those thoughts, male or female. You know, uh, you know you, you're never going to get a wife. You're never going to get a wife. You forget that. You had your chance when you were young. You forget it. You can forget it now because you're 40. You forget it. And I'm thinking, 40? That's a, that's a young bird. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> My goodness gracious, you know. But we can, we can say, hey, look, my God has my mate for me. All he's doing is preparing me for him or me for her. And he's also preparing her for me. Come on. There's a preparation part. So all you have to do is say, well, you know what? I'm going I'm to I'm be prepared. I'm going to let God just, just work in me and, 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 and get anxiety, worry, and all those things. I don't want to take that into a marriage because other situations are going to come up when I get married, and, 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 and then we might be against each other because a lot of, lot of people have financial situations, and they get mad at each other. You know that? Health situation, they get mad at each other and, and stuff like that, raise their voice and stuff like that, uh, especially the pandemic situation when the school's not operating like they usually operate and the kids might be home. You're supposed to be homeschooling, and they don't want to be homeschooled. They don't want to be school, period. You know, and, 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 and then there's arguing going on in the household and stuff like that. All this stuff going on, but you're going to say, ah, no, 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 I'm not receiving that because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know? So that's what the message is today. Is how do we do it? Now you know how. We got five ways we're going to do it. And we're going to practice these things, aren't we? We're going to practice these things. And then next week, we'll have a, another uh, good message. I don't know whether Virgil's going to bring it, whether I'm going to bring it. I don't know what, what's going to happen, but I know one thing. God will bring it. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.